This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Kayvon Asamani is a hip-hop artist and young entrepreneur from Baltimore. He began making music as early as elementary school and continued to develop his craft throughout his high school career. Presently, as a junior at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School of Business, Kayvon continues to develop his brand after having performed for the United Nations by furthering his clothing brand and releasing his music video for his latest track, Raze, which garnered over 100,000 views on YouTube. Kayvon is talking with us today to share this journey into music and entrepreneurship and what it has meant for him. Hi, Kayvon. How you doing, Anthony? I'm good. I'm good. How about you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. No, yeah, of course. Thank, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. What you um, got for me? Having started your music career so early on in life, how did you know you wanted to pursue music and what was the process like at such a young age? Right. That's, that's a good question. Um, I think about it a lot believe it or not. When I was in elementary school, uh, the first rap song I ever heard was Hot In Here by Nelly. Um, it was on the Music Choice channel. I was like outside on the playground. My brother told me to come inside. I was five, he was eight. And he was like, listen to this. And I loved it, like for the same reasons he loved it. All the energy, the music, the lyrics, just like, I didn't really know anything about the message. I was, I was five years old, but I was just like, I loved the way it sounded. So I went to my room and I just tried to pen some things. And you gotta remember, this is elementary. This is like when you get the, when you get the paper in school and it's got like the big lines on it and you're trying to learn how to write your letters. So like, you know, you know, when everybody else, over time, like when everybody else is like reading Dr. Seuss and like starting to read bigger books, I'm listening to 50 Cent and like G-Unit is big at the, the time. The other rhymes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm writing rhymes instead of instead of reading. So that was like the way I kind of just like developed as a person, not only as like a poet or an artist or things like that. I was just thinking of it as, you know, learning something as you would learn, you know, science in school or math in school, things like that. So it wasn't necessarily a conscious decision like, oh, I want to be a rapper. I want to be an artist. But then over time, like, you know, I, I was writing it down and I was getting a lot better. And then eventually, like, I was putting it on beats in middle school. And then when I got to high school, I was putting it out on the Internet. And then by the time college hit, um, turning into a business. And so that, that's basically, like, in short, the story from, like, the way it started and kind of like where it is now. Wow. It's actually interesting that you would <laughs> leave it there because now my next question is going to be, how would you say that your sound, image, or brand has really evolved from that time to now at Penn? Absolutely. Um, that's important. I think, like, as an elementary school student, as, like, a five, six, seven-year-old, um, you know, I was just basically writing about what I knew from my experience, like, what I, what I saw and what I lived on a day-to-day. And I was raised by a single mother, two siblings. Um, and it was, like, again, not a conscious decision of, like, you know, why um, I'm writing about the things I'm writing about. It's just what I saw every day. Um, so, like, my message was informed, my image, so to say. I didn't really have an image. I was in elementary. But, um, like, what I was writing about was around that. But then when I was nine, I lost my mom uh, to a domestic violence issue. Uh, my dad was in and out, and one of the times he came, he took basically took my mom with him. Um, and so we were, me and my siblings were left orphaned. Uh, and that really just basically threw a wrench in the whole thing. I mean, life was life was hard before, but it was like my mom was taking care of us the best right. she could, so we were fine. But when that happened, it was like um, we were done for. Like, we were on our own um, until 
my uncle and cousin, like they really like stepped in and helped when they didn't really have to, and they looked out for us. And then we eventually got enrolled into a private boarding school for kids in need. Um, I was in fifth grade, my older brother was in eighth grade, and my sister was in the third grade. Uh, and then eventually like went there and like grew up with a lot more resources, but um, around other kids who went through uh, like tough circumstances growing up. So basically, like as I grew, you know, through middle school, through high school, that's what I talked about. I talked about, um, you know, like not only what I had experienced before I turned nine, but then like when I turned nine, like, uh, you know, everything after that and what I was experiencing now as a, as a result of it. And then when I got to high school, um, you know, like as you get older, you start like looking around at the world around you a lot more. You start becoming a lot more aware of what, what's going on, right? Like what's the, what's the greater landscape, right, that, that you're just a little piece of. And that's what I started to see. And I was like, wow, you know, um, inequality is pervasive, right? And, and I experienced it early, right? But there was a lot of people who experienced a similar thing that I did. But, you know, they didn't get to go to a private boarding school like I did, right? Like, they were still in underfunded school systems and, and wherever else uh, in, the, in the country or the inner city or even rural areas, wherever they might have been, like, they weren't getting the privilege that I was getting from my private boarding school, right? So, you know, while I got to get ahead through this environment and really, like, be in control of my own destiny with my own ambitions because of the resources I had behind me, I saw that there was a lot of untapped potential in other places and, you know, and it's outside of these kids' control. So that's what I wanted to bring awareness to. That's what I wanted to talk about. And I wanted to talk about how my story kind of like, my, like my narrative, right, can speak to a lot of those issues and hopefully relate to somebody, hopefully inspire somebody to, to you know, try to make it out of the situation, but also motivate somebody who is well-off and more well-endowed to help these kids who have so much high potential because look what it did for me. So that's, that's really like my whole image of anything that I might have been doing, whether it's music or something else. And so with my music, I've really tried to hit that mark. And, and Penn and Wharton in specific was like my dream since the eighth grade. And nobody from a background like mine, like where, where I grew up, in, in Baltimore, like, if, if you had my, my situation, right, or just the situations of the kids around me, like, right. nobody there was going to Wharton. Nobody there was going to Penn, period. Um, college, at best, right? Like, people aren't doing that. Um, and, and it was, like, a dream I had. And then once I got to this boarding school, obviously college became a lot more real, like, the idea that I could get to college. But at my school, like, you know, nobody had been to Wharton from my school in, since 1977, so it's like it's not like people are going to they're not you know and, and a lot of people didn't I was the guy who was like you know I was the top of my class um, you know I was the star academically but people even think thought that I wasn't gonna get to a place like you know Penn that I was shooting for um, and so it was like really unlikely and and the fact that it happened was huge for my community not only the school but also like where I grew up originally but then when I got to college it's like dude Penn was a culture shock yeah. right because. You think about it, most of the kids who go to Penn, like, this, I don't want to say it's like this for most people, but at least Wharton, like, a lot of these kids, it was expected for them to come to a place like this one, right? If it, if it wasn't Penn or Wharton specifically, like, it was a school of, that tried to be this caliber, right? Like, that's that's everybody's reality, whereas my reality is like, no, it's, it's like, I'm lucky to just even be here, right? So for me, it's like I wasn't taking, like, taking this opportunity for granted. But at the same time, because I was able to kind of like see opportunity even when there wasn't any in Baltimore, and like then when there was a little bit more in, at my boarding school, when I got to Penn, it was like, this opportunity, just they're just throwing it at you, you know what I mean? So, so it wasn't hard for somebody who came from where I came from to kind of like see that and try to take advantage of it. Certainly. And 
and and yeah, but but just to like end on this. Um, you, you talk about like like how it's evolved since I got to Penn. Yeah. I think I think like when I got to Penn. You know, before the people around me were going through what I was going through, right? So it was like we were in this together. At Penn, it's not necessarily the same the same situation because there aren't as many people, um, you know, from a background like mine as there were, you know, where I grew up at a place like Penn. Penn has a lot more privilege. There's a lot more money. There's a lot more, you know, history of, of success in people's families, right? So it was more about, like, trying to find a way to bring awareness to that, to these issues that I grew up with and that so many people are growing up with without at the same time alienating the people who are here and come from a place of a little bit more privilege because that's a delicate balance. You can't, you can't be out here just pointing fingers, right, because then people aren't going to listen to you. So I think, the, I think the way that that kind of evolved when I got here is like how do I make a message, right, that, that addresses these things that I'm trying to talk about but also like relates to these kids who are at Penn or at another college or wherever else they might be how do I bring them all together and I think like that's what I've made a conscious kind of like decision to to incorporate in everything that I've done and I think that's why when you go to my concerts you'll see people from a bunch of different walks of life you'll see kids at Penn you'll see kids who don't go to Penn you'll see people within the Penn community who who are like in certain groups and kids who are in other groups people who otherwise would not have come together they're coming together at the Kayvon show. So um, that's, uh, that, that's the best way I could basically answer that question. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.